0: This week Ian and I are going to be talking about the blueprint, the e-commerce blueprint we use to give people a kind of 10,000 foot view of the e-commerce business. It's a document, it's going to be easier if you download it, we're going to put a download link in the show notes. Uh, The podcast should still work if you haven't been able to download it and I hope you enjoy the session. So, let's get started. How are you? Morning, Mark. I'm very good. How are you? Good. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to get very warm in New Zealand. It's uh, it's kind of very muggy in the evening. So you know when you're recording a podcast, I have to close the doors and the windows. You know to keep the uh, superb sound quality that we've been known for since the start of <laughs> joke. I was actually thinking we need to go and listen to some of those original ones where I was walking around in a car park or on the streets and all sorts of stuff. See whether actually if yeah. you can actually hear them at all, but. Um,
1: well, I was, yeah, I was pushing, I was pushing a, a baby in a pram, crying. Yeah. And, and muting, I, muting the and microphone. In the, I, I in in the car and all sorts of places. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Gotta get it, well, done. I think it was, It was basically a conversation we were having. I thought, oh, we just might record a conversation. You know, people might be interested. And then who knew they were, so. That's what yeah. it turned into. Um, right, so today we are going to be talking through um, what we call the Hammersley Brothers Blueprint. So the Blueprint is effectively, um, it's one of the diagrams we show to people on the courses and people coming to the free, uh, free book group once they bought the book um, and how everything fits together. And obviously this is an audio uh, podcast, so we're gonna try and explain um, what's what. But we're also going to in the show notes, we're going to give you the link so you can download the blueprint. So you'll be able to see it on your, your phone or your uh, computer whilst we're talking. So it would be obviously uh, easier if you can see the blueprint because you'd be able to see what we're talking about. But I, I think the podcast should work on its own as well. Uh, if you're uh, as many of people have told us you're mountain biking or in the gym or in the car and all those kind of stuff. So we try and make it work. Uh, for those listeners as well. So, fundamentally, the blueprint is something that we put together because visually, it's very nice to see how e-commerce works all together. I mean, at the first, when you're thinking about commerce, you're just thinking about your, you know, your, your physical site. But obviously, you've got traffic and uh, welcome series and follow-ups and different things. So we just let's just kind of go through it, Ian. Um, from the left-hand side so why don't you introduce us to I mean actually this is the first time Ian's actually seen the diagram or put together so he's kind of seeing it for the first time so you're gonna see Mm. you obviously have some questions about it Um, so on the left-hand side you can see all the traffic so why don't we talk through um, you know the main traffic sources for uh, e-commerce and then um, and then what we do with them next on the diagram
1: okay Okay, give me something thank you, Mark. It's nice to tell everyone that I've never seen it before. Appreciate that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well
0: it's yeah. just I've just redone it, so it's Yeah, uh, you yeah, have. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 So well obviously the tra- the traffic sources are on the left and the main traffic sources are the things that people will expect. There's there's Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Google, email. And then there's within that there's retargeting and there's affiliates. So within Google you've got Natural SEO, you've got your paid as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, and obviously there's some of the new ones like TikTok and places like that too. So I mean, it's basically on the left-hand side, you've got traffic. You, you know. Yeah. I always like to try to compare the e-commerce world, like like if, if it was a bricks-and-mortar real shop, you know, and then it makes everything common sense. It's obvious, isn't it? You've got to ha- you've got to have an audience. And some of that audience yeah. is going to come from existing customers. And yeah. some of it's going to have to come from new customers. You Because know, obviously you're going to get some people coming back who you've already got. But mm. if you're thinking about, I mean, I, I would split it down into, into three. You've got your recruitment traffic and you've got your retention and reactivation traffic. Um, which is something we've talked about in previous podcasts. But the recruitment traffic is where people coming to the site for the first time probably don't know who you are, and really you've got you know it's the main channels. But they're not going to come via email, are they? Because in order to get their email, we've already they've already come to the site mm. so either bought something or signed up for a newsletter or competition something like that. So so on the left hand side you you've got you've got the traffic, um, and obviously depending on what kind of e commerce business you are is gonna decide where that traffic is and, and and you know you've got to decide which bit's gonna be paid, which is gonna be organic, um and, you know, how profitably you can buy traffic. And how yeah. you can continue to to buy traffic profitably.
0: And, and and we're not saying that everybody uses all of those. I mean usually you can have two or three of those that are really strong. So maybe like you know, Google Ads and email might be your main two that you're using, or maybe um, it could be Facebook and it could be affiliates and it could be email. You know, usually, usually, email's pretty much there, unless um, the only time email isn't big is when you've got like a one off purchase that the email list will never ever buy ever again. So, those are those are businesses hard to use email for, but even so, you know, you have behavioral emails. So the next place we take people to on the e-commerce blueprint is either the product pages or a landing page. So um, it depends on how you're selling. So if you're if you selling from Google Shopping, that will go to people's uh, product pages. And that makes sense, that will go to a product page. But if you're selling from Facebook, you might tend to have a landing page, which is usually slightly longer form. And um, you know, Ian and I have seen some you know, big Facebook businesses and doing landing pages and they're, they're slightly different aren't they Ian yeah,
1: than, than, than a product yeah, page. I think that's, the, that's probably one of the biggest changes of e-commerce in the last, I don't know, five or six years really, um, that a lot of the new advertising was, was landing on the, on the product page. You know, whereas it used to be text ads um, and probably SEO and, you know, some of the bigger places which was landing on the home page, now a lot of the traffic now. If it's driven by Google Shopping, it's going to land on the product page. So the first time they see the site is on that product page. And sometimes you look at people's product pages and you're like, "Oh, I mean, I, I me must have, we must have banged on about this pretty much in every podcast for the last, you know, three four years." Um, about that the product pages is now the landing page and the product page can't be a dead-end page. It has to work much, much harder. It's probably the first time they've seen the business. So it's like the launch pad You know, within it. They don't necessarily go through home category products. They're landing on products and then going from there. And you look <clears> at people's <throat> product pages, which is the first landing page, the first touch point, and it's like, oh, my God, the bounce rate is like 85%. You know, and, and people say, well, we can't get our paid advertising to work. It's not scaling. And it's, it's like, well, you're bound to it at 85%. But look at your product page. It's like, it's a dead-end page. You're not talking about any of the, the product the product page checklist. So, I mean, yeah. the the idea behind this, I mean, it's quite interesting. As I say, I am looking at this for the first time. And I love it when Mark asks questions about things that I've never seen before, you know, on the spot. You know, he, he thinks that I'm not going to be able to chip in when I've got something useful to say. You know, you're nice, I could nice. mute you
0: as well. Which yeah, is you can. It's
1: nice, but the yeah. the, but the, you know, the, the idea here is here is that you should optimize the pages that get the most traffic. And I, but it's but I would add something to that. You should optimize the pages that get the most initial paid traffic. So mm. the landing pages, if you, if you optimize, you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck in terms of your time. So if you look at the top landing pages, the top twenty landing pages, and that might be a product. I, I know you, I haven't asked answered the question you've asked me, Mark. Um, but because yeah. some of it, I can't remember a, what it was. Now. You said the difference between <laughs> landing page and product page, and we've seen yeah, quite a lot of people okay. that we've seen had good success have actually created a custom landing page for a Facebook yeah, well, we campaign. Yeah, we can talk about why you would do that in a second. Yeah. Yeah, and um, but it, you know, in terms of. The first thing that Mark and I would do when we're looking at uh, improving an e-commerce sites, we'll look at where the, what the landing pages are. Are they product pages? Are they categories? Is it the home page? And we'll look at the top 20, and we'll look at the bounce rate of it. And the bounce rate on a product page should be no more than 60%. Bounce rate on a category, no more than 50 Bounce rate on a home page, no more than 20%. You know, so straight away you can see. Well, how good are my landing pages? Because if they're bouncing higher than that, then the you know there's there's optimisation to be done. Yeah. Basically.
0: Yeah. So, so this so the subtlety of using a landing page over a product page might be. Um, I mean, in some of the nuances we've seen. Let's say, let's say we're selling cosmetics, and we know that once somebody. You know tries on moisturizer they're, they're going to like it or they might like it and they might buy so the landing page might take people to um you know try a sample get a sample um for a product or it might be uh, doing a kind of first-time customer offer or something where you might want to do a longer form uh, page so landing pages tend to look a little bit like kickstarter projects you know there's kickstarter long uh product pages where you've got lots of information and all the people liking it and reasons to buy it, all that kind of stuff, and they work very well uh, for Facebook. So you might throw in a landing page into your marketing mix for some of your other channels if if your product is one of those that kind of needs to be you know, convinced uh, people to buy. You know, if if it, it, the thing is the difference is that if you can sell on Google and Google Shopping, it usually means that people are looking for your product and they are they are product aware. So if they're product aware they're looking for it and then it's a case of kind of like well convincing them that your product is the one to go which is a product page whereas if they if they're solution aware they know there's a, a problem you know a solution you know, a solution to the problem they're looking for but they're not product aware then a landing page yeah. might be better because you have to t- you have to take them further you have to convince them more to actually make a purchase and therefore you know if you're you know like rather than trying to sell them the whole cake you might give them a sample of the cake first, and then they go, "Oh, I love this cake! I'm going to buy the whole cake." So that's when a landing page would come in. So that's kind of where we we, we kind of make the definition, and, and we've done very well with landing pages for you know things that are are samplable. You know, so like you know, kitchen tiles and carpets and um, cosmetics and um, all sorts of things like that. Um, obviously add, certain
1: products. Just 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 yeah. to add, they in. They're in... And in Google Shopping, you ca- you cannot take them to a custom landing page or a category or a home. You have to take them to a the product page, or yeah, well you have to take them to a page that they can buy that product on. you? Well, yeah, they have to so, be able to add the ba- add to the
0: basket, and you have to be able to see the price. Yeah, you have to be able to see the price, and the price has to match what they've seen in Google shopping as well. So, and it's, it, it, it's Google's quite annoying like that often. Sometimes if it, it whatever the biggest price is on the page, it will sometimes take that, even though that's not the one that you want it to take. So you have to be a little bit careful mm. what it does. Cause it, you, and if Google says you're doing it wrong, even though you're not, Google's the hundred pound gorilla in the corner of the room and you do what the gorilla says. So, um, you know, you have to fix it. Okay. Mm. so. Um, they're either coming to the product page directly from traffic or they might come to the home page and then go to the product page. So slightly up on further up on the diagram, we've got an important thing, which is the opt in. So um, like there's lots of different ways to get opt ins So there's a lot of people in e-commerce tend to do like a 10% off your first um, order or 5% when off you your say, first order.
1: When you say opt in, you talk about email address. Yes, yeah, and, the, and just, to, it, yeah. just to just to put the context of that is, is that you know most e-commerce businesses you don't get the sale straight away. You know most of them are the average is five, four or five visits per. Um, you know, well some some are much higher than others, but it's not un, Let me say, let me change that. Let me say it's not uncommon to see a site that you need four or five visits sessions before they actually buy something. So the higher the average order value, the bigger the considered purchase, you're not going to get the sale straight away. And so you have something called the buying window, and this is the length of time that it takes from somebody to who's starting thinking about buying something. Let's say it's a garden furniture set. They're not going to buy the first garden furniture set they land on. It's a, it's a considered purchase. It's going to take a long time. They might take a month before they get the sale so you know you're not going to be able to get the sale straight away so what do you do how do you how do you try to continue that conversation with them and and make that buying window a little bit more um you know what's the word i'm looking for Pleasant? Well, just extend the buying window. To, yeah. You're warming, you're warming you're warming them up, up aren't you? you you yeah yeah so you you're can keep so to get the area. email you try to get the email off them and then that allows yeah. you to do remarketing campaigns which is all automated you can do the welcome series etc cetera, etc cetera. so trying to get the email is like almost more important than trying to go for the sale particularly where you've got a longer buying window yeah. um, so it's
0: it's effectively like a good salesperson would always keep the ball in their court to follow you up you know if you're talking to a good salesman on the phone they don't go they don't say oh ian are you interested in buying this car uh, i'll let you come back into the showroom when you're ready a good salesman person say i'll oh, we'll ring you on th- thursday next week and see what you think yeah. they will keep the ball in their in their court and of course we, if you don't have the email we can't keep the ball in our court we can't follow up with the customer we can't do you know, we can't do a lot of things. So mm. we can't do abandoned product emails. We can't do abandoned category emails. We can't do abandoned basket emails. You know, we might be able to do abandoned cat- uh, uh, checkout emails if they've got to that stage. But there's so much more we can do if we have the opt-in. We can start conversations with them if we're selling a high average order value purchase. We can, you know, you know, uh, just start to kind of dial in and warm them up. and, and uh, we can't do that. If we
1: don't get the yeah. opt-in. So super, super important. And, and we did we did a podcast on data capture didn't we, email capture and how you get it. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. number it was. We should probably know. But it, but yeah. unless you well unless you um, unless you think about ways to actually you know, you, you know I wouldn't give my email address for, for free for fun. I wouldn't want to do that. You know, and unless you actually incentivize people to do it. It's like Asking people to go over to the corner of the room. You know, they're lying on the sofa. And it's like asking asking them to go over to the corner of the room and do 100 press-ups. You know, they're just not going to do it. You're typing. Mm. What are you typing? Loud. I'm trying to find the podcast. Oh, you should know it. Straight away.
0: It's my microphone's picking everything up. Yeah. Unfortunately, the other day, I deleted all my internet history, so nothing comes up anymore. So, it's, you would just think you think it's just so frustrating every time i want to do something it's like i've got to type it in again
1: oh dear. Um, well i mean the main i mean i can go through the main the main reasons obviously you've got the welcome you give them a deal you know for the first time customer here it you is. get 25% okay
0: growing your email is fast it was done on june the 2nd 20 this year 2021 okay. so that's the podcast um, where we, we talk about opt-in and different, different ways to do it. So that's worth, it, worth a listen if mm. you want to grow your email as fast. Yeah, because
1: opt-in is absolutely the wrong word. I'm going to tell you that your e-commerce blueprint is changing more. Opt-in implies opt-in to receive marketing emails when you buy something. What we're trying yeah. to do here is get Well, you just email.
0: get the yes. email address, yeah, yeah. And then they go on to what we call a pre-purchase sequence or a welcome sequence. So the welcome sequence would be dictated to by the length of the sales cycle. So if we're selling something that is, uh, you know, like let's say it's furniture, like people might take a couple of weeks to decide on a kitchen table or maybe longer. So your, 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 your sales cycle is a lot longer and you have, you know, therefore you can have a much more extended pre-purchase sequence. Um, whereas if you're selling something like a, um, a car part, your selling cycle might be a couple of days. People need that car part straight away, car battery, and so therefore your welcome series is short, sweet, to the point and probably sent within an hour of, of, of you know, probably even not immediately oh, starting that off um,
1: but with, with, the, with, with those messages. With those, normally we would trigger it after 20 minutes. That was, the, that was the, always the, yeah. the default. If we didn't have a reason to change it, it would be 20 minutes after they abandoned yeah. 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 Well I think Jerry, so just on that we're point to... just on that point. Yeah. Um, in terms of the buying window and the time it takes to to buy something, it's it's quite it does dictate what the marketing should be. So if you're that car parts retailer and you know that you know, if they don't they come on look for a car battery, if they don't buy that car battery um, from us, they bought it from somewhere else. You know, or they've solved the problem. So, they, so the so the emails have to be really Punchy are very much about solving that problem now and giving them guarantees and reassurances that, that it's a guaranteed dispatch, yeah. so that you're definitely going to get it next day. Um, there's a deal on the table right now. You have know, really got to get them to act now. Whereas if you're selling something like the garden furniture that might take a month, much more about the lifestyle, the brand, you know, the reassurances of it all. Selling that dream, you know. Get buying yeah. into the values and the core values and et cetera, et cetera. So, because obviously it's it's a totally different experience, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's so like garden furniture, big purchase. So there's always a lot of anxiety about making the wrong purchase. And you know, two things you've got to do: you've got to get the desire to them to think, "Oh, then that'd be amazing in my garden." And then the second thing is you've got to remove the risk, um, or or at least remove some of the objections around wow. the risk, um, so you can kind of do it. Um, so if you kind of look on the on the right hand side up there, we've got the videos, articles, Im- images and pre-sales. So that is kind of content amplification and typically now in e-commerce, that might be what's called top of funnel kind of Facebook ads or, or Instagram ads. And those are the kind of videos that are getting people interested in the brand in the first place. So again, depending on the sales cycle, we might have Slightly different things done done that like for example, like Sarah Haran who sells handbags, she would use videos top of funnel. You know, it takes about 30 days for people to kind of be convinced to buy a handbag. She's got time to do it. You can kind of introduce the brand and then you know kind of uh, warm people up by buy a handbag. But if it's a car battery, it's very difficult to kind of have like a set of top of funnel videos that
1: they get you people top, to where buy. You're putting these
0: on Facebook. Yeah, so these would be Facebook ads. Um, you know, a, a lot of the big spenders on Facebook tend to use why is this, um,
1: either video views. Why is this on the right? Why is this not under the traffic then? Why is it on the right?
0: Just because it doesn't talk about, it, it, you haven't got space there to really oh, okay. talk about what you're doing. But yeah. they, like videos is one of them because videos can also be used on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, videos can also be used in remarketing and different places. So it's more about coming up with creative that, that you can then use across your marketing yeah. channels. So your, your articles, your, your good images, your, your pre-sale, you know, pre-sale offers and those kind of things. Oh, I see through. The so eye it's about building that. up the content. The yeah. It's about building up the content. Yeah. So, um, you know, the videos are important kind of like your, your main assets that you're gonna use to get people interested in the brand and, uh, you know, give people a reason, reason to do it. And there's different techniques to kind of finding what that message is you know, starting with static images, then building a kind of your first video. And then once you know which video angles are gonna work, then actually going and shooting a better video and getting it working. So there's kind of like content processes for that too. Some people use blogs. Um, blogs are less uh, used now. In fact, a lot of the time, when we look at Google Analytics, we will be kind of removing blogs cause they can kind of bring a lot of the Uh, key KPIs down. So you might have like a good add to basket rate, but you might not know because you've got loads of blog traffic. You might get a, you know, a blog article on something that's surrounding the subject, but never people buy. So it's about kind of getting those assets and then building them into the team and bringing that into the site. And if we look down the bottom, um, which we've got the shopping cart. So let's say someone actually buys something. So um, you know, A lot of the time, Ian and I are banging on a lot about uh, improving the core of the website, which is the the, the main product pages and the, the removing the friction and all this kind of stuff. And let's say we've done that, and they've actually bought, then we're gonna to go to the shop app, the shopping cart, we're gonna optimize the checkout, and then we go and do the upsell, so the, the post-purchase upsell. So that's kind of something that's started to become a lot easier in e-commerce, has been the upsell. Um, so have you seen, Seen that across, you know, with the people you've been looking at, Ian, the, the more and more post purchase upsells?
1: Well, it's a no brainer, isn't it, to do the post purchase upsells? Um, I mean, it, yeah, lots. Of, I mean, we had, we had a client that was doing, I think they were doing about 10 million, and 18% of that was coming through the post purchase upsell. So mm. that's that's
0: significant, isn't it? But what is, it was interesting that when we first started talking about upsells, post-purchase upsells, some of the people on the level two group, you know, they were doing millions. There was a reluctance to do it because it was kind of seen as uh, maybe it cheap as the brand or they, they with customer experience and stuff. And now we're seeing a lot more people yeah. do it. Um, and it reminds me of, you know the, the, you know, the pop-up, the email capture pop-up? Mm. Like when that first came out, you know, like 10 years ago, people were doing it, it was seen as the most spammy thing that um, you'd only see on spammy sites. And no one did it, no one did it in e-commerce because it was kind of like, oh, it's cheap, you know, you got this spam. And now everybody yeah. does it. And it's it's like one of those things that becomes, people resist and then it becomes mainstream and then people, you know, expect yeah, I,
1: it. I, I, yeah, I think. So we're we'll seeing post purchase themselves yeah, my comment about prototype purchase is an absolute no-brainer. Because too, too so I just take your point about people thinking it's going to cheapen the brand, you know. And I think people need to have a have a have a bit of a wake-up call with it if if you start thinking about that because it doesn't matter if you're small and you're doing less than five million. It just, you know, Who cares what people think of your brand because no one knows who you are. You know, you start to be bothered about your brand when you've got customers. That's how you grow your business by actually getting customers in. So you need to do everything you possibly can to allow you to recruit more customers profitably. So don't worry about um, what people are going yeah. to do. Just... You've got to be. Go on.
0: You've got to be very careful not to design your business around the 1% of customers that moan about things. So I get things like this all the time. I get the odd person moaning about content or moaning about the way I'm doing something or all that kind of stuff. And I um, I just, you know, I just ignored them because at the end of the day, I'm looking at the numbers and I'm looking at the numbers and I've got my post-purchase upsell and I'm going, whoa. Now I used to get a three ROAS on Facebook ads. Now I'm getting a five. Now I'm getting a five. I can now reach three times as many people than I could before because I can scale my ads. Okay, Uh, David and Maria who are annoyed that I've got a post-purchase upsell, but look at the numbers. The numbers are phenomenal. And look at my lifetime customer value. It hasn't changed at all. Like people are still buying again. Everybody's happy. And I'm good. And it's the same thing with like, look, you know, getting obsessed with your unsubscribes and getting obsessed with the, the, you know, the odd comment you get on Facebook and those kind of things. So it's those, those people will always be there who will moan about everything, and they are the, they are the well, the also,
1: people that you must not change direction also for. put that, that moaning voice can be your own. <laughs> it can be your own voice. Yes. You know, and you think, oh God, I shouldn't be doing, uh, you know, a post purchase self because it will keep my brand what the hell are you talking about? You know, your only obsession should be how can I continue to, sorry, excuse me, your only obsession should be how can you continue to buy traffic profitably? You know, and that's it. So, you yeah, yeah. the post-purchase itself, the great thing about it is is that it's you've already got the sale, so it's after you've taken the payment and then you are giving them another opportunity to go and buy something. And this is dead easy to do on on loads of the, the, the big platforms. And, um, you know, they always the worry is if you do too much post-purchase um, upselling, you know, during the, the process. The worry is you're gonna to put too much doubt in the customer's mind. And I'll give you an example. Imagine if you're in a, a shop and you've decided on the pair of blue jeans, you know, you deliberated over it, you finally made your decision, yes, I'm definitely gonna go buy those blue jeans. So you're walking over to the till and um, someone in the shop comes over and says, Oh, do you know there's a matching belt that goes with that? And you're like, oh, should I buy the belt as well? Should I not? Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, you know what? I'll I'll come back later. You know, I haven't got time. I probably should buy the belt. Mm-hmm. I'll come back later. And then of course you don't come back later. And we've missed a sale. Yeah, we've missed it. Well,
0: that that's key. What was interesting there because remember when we did the GSF and we, we saw people bought in six minutes. We speeded the site up. and We thought people yeah. would buy in three minutes and they didn't they still bought in six minutes but they bought more things because they had more time to look around so people allocate a certain amount of time to do a purchase so if you keep putting more upsells in front of them it's going to delay the amount of time that it takes to check out and therefore you might lose the sale so the beauty of the post-purchase is that it's you know you've got the sale in the back and it's like it's like a it's like a no lose situation. Say, so, do you want to add yeah. something or not? I've got your money. Thank you very much. But you know, do you want to add something? And I think you can pitch it in, a, in in a nice way. You know, you can. I've seen people pitch it as kind of like, well, you know, we're building an order. It's obviously cost effective for us to slip something in your order uh, because we've got the setup. We've got a slightly bigger box. Do you want to add any one of these items? Um, you know, for twenty five percent off or something, well, it's a one time
1: thing. Often the Classic, you know? easiest upside you can do is get them to buy, get them to buy the same products again. You know, give them a reason. Yeah, a yeah, larger size, I a mean,
0: larger yeah. size as well. Yeah. That's great. And like when we did perfumes, the, the, you know, someone's buying an aftershave, the the you know the, the deodorant yeah. that goes with yeah. that. I mean, it's just there's just obviously
1: and usually clear. Normally, yeah. Clear. You give, them, you give them a reason to buy it now. You know, so if you come back tomorrow, this is going to be full price. To so buy it now with this order, we'll give you 30% off, you know? So it's just a no brainer yeah. to do it. Yeah, Money on the table if you don't do it. I mean, you know, average order value is one of the, yeah. like, it's just free. It's like.
0: Well, and it's also so hard to compete against somebody exactly. that's really dialed we've that in. We've done a lot, we've done. You know, if you're selling a car battery yes. and someone else has got an upsell on yeah. and you haven't, same margins. Absolutely. They're just going to beat you in the oh, ad, God, ad auction,
1: exactly. aren't they? Yes, so it's very relevant if you're selling other people's yeah. products and it's a one purchase only. Like the Sonar speakers, you know. Yeah. You know, all those kind of things. It's like
0: Yeah, and if they can get an upsell to people for an extended warranty yeah. or something like that, you know, they can charge know, an extra and, like 25,
1: so you know, 30 quid. At, you look at the competitors' um, Google Shopping and you're like, how can they sell it at that price? You know, I can't even buy it at that price. You know, Jesus Christ, how do they do it? It's because they've got a kick-ass upsell strategy. Well, it might be. You know, they've got kick-ass upsell strategy. Mm. You
0: know, lifetime customer value, oh, yeah. they've got like, so some that sort of as well.
1: J- and just to go back yeah. a step, and I think, Mark, you, you know, you might, maybe you re-edit this, and you'll put what we're about to say now at the start. Because just to tee off, you asked me a question about something on the e-commerce blueprint before, and you asked me about what, just describe what's on the left. Do You know what, the, 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 n- none of this, None of these things on the e commerce blueprint is important unless you understand what e commerce is and how you actually stare at it. What is the big the big thing? Because there is a misconception in e commerce that if you have all the shiny bits of things, all the shiny little bits of plugins, all the little distractions, all the little modules, all the little, you know, widgets and grommets and affiliates and emails and remarketing, there was a misconception that that's what makes e-commerce work, and there's a there's a big danger with it, that, it, that if people think this is you know all I need to do is follow this e-commerce blueprint, you know we are also doing our listeners a disservice because this is this is not what scales an e-commerce business is it? You can have the most amazing e-commerce setup, you can have all of the whistles blowing all the whistles. Chick in all the boxes, having the most amazing email system possible, the most amazing um, you know, website, incredible team, incredible agency, and it and it won't work. Because it's about understanding the market, understanding the customers, understanding the numbers, understanding the the, the, your ROAS, understanding your average order value, understanding your Latin customer value, you've got to be able to get the core right. And then once you've got the core right, you can then start to add these elements in place, can't you? And it's like, you can't yeah. go off you piece can't. You
0: can't use these elements. You can't you polish a turd, basically, yeah. is what
1: you're and you said. saying. So, you said this before, you, you, yeah. face, so, you said you don't go off piece too soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at, look at the startup we've got going at the moment, the, the website they're doing. I have done none mm. of this. I've done, basically I'm running Google shopping ads to a product page. And I'm trying to get that to a certain level before I add this stuff, because like- it's gonna work. That is the fundamental core. That's the, fu- the fundamental core. So let's say I can get to, without all these whiz bang stuff, like these follow up sequences and welcome series and all that kind of stuff, if I can get to a row of about three or even two and a half, then I know that the adding this stuff might get me to a four, you know, overall. But I still need that solid two and a half to three before I add all this. Because if I starting like, if I'm getting a ROAS of like 0.5, adding all this stuff isn't gonna isn't gonna get me to let's say I need a profitability of five. It, it's it's not gonna get me there. So fundamentally, and it's a lot of the stuff we do on the 20k core, is getting that core right of those of that product landing page, the initial sale the ROAS going on the initial ads and getting that right so that then we can go and add all the stuff on the blueprint to build a business around
1: it. Because you've got it's to have something thing, that works. There's no point- When you've got that call right, these yeah. are then amplifying it, isn't it? And, 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 of, and the main thing yeah. about, about it that adds the difference is, is when you start to amplify the pain points, you know, the job to be done and you start to remove anxiety. It. yeah
0: and, and the best customers the best customers you know have come to us and they've gone we're making money but we're yeah, not doing money, any of this. Doing this and then you go you're not doing now we're not doing post but we're not doing welcome series you're not doing this stuff I was, I'm speaking to a guy in Australia yesterday it's the same situation he's making money but he's not done any of this because then you know you can go and bolt this on and you can add another 10% to profit here and another 20% there and all these things are gonna come in and you're gonna do your upsell tree and all this kind of stuff but you have to have your core thing right and if you're sitting there not getting any sales, thinking that you're gonna like magically fix it all with a pre-purchase sequence yeah. or a post-purchase sequence, all those kind of stuff, it's just, it's just not gonna happen. You have to have a sniff of something. It's like the same with Google Ads, like, you know, like we're probably one of the most advanced, experienced Google Ads uh, people around, but if someone brings us an account and they're getting like 0.5 ROAS from Google Shopping, we're not gonna be able to turn that into a RR6 account. It's just, you know, it, it, we're good, but we can't scale something that is fundamentally flawed. Yeah. So, you know, it's,
1: important, well, think, it's an important thing. I think, it's an important I think all of these conversations, you know, be, before you even start looking at this e-commerce blueprint, all the conversations should be around the target sheet, which is the maths of the business. You know, and, and because what'll happen is, you, you know, you do your target sheet and it says, okay, I'm doing, you know, Half a million now, and they need to get to five million. Um, you know, the the target sheet will tell you what your metrics need to be. It will tell you how much traffic you need to need to get. Tell you what your average order value needs to be, your lifetime customer value, and then and then you can then go into well, how can I achieve those numbers? And then you go into the e-commerce blueprint, and you start to pull the levers. And yeah. say, what am I
0: missing? Yeah, what am I missing?
1: Yeah, I, I think know, you that's look for the, the main fruit. value of it is that you can say this is like a. You know, this is maybe a this is maybe a ten million pound e commerce business. And it's like okay, what is a ten million dollars okay, ten million dollar e commerce business? What is a ten million dollar e-commerce? You're just stuck hey, in the UK. Right,
0: yeah. Stuck in the UK. Join the global global e commerce well, trend.
1: Listen, someone else look after family. Didn't they? You swan and off.
0: Yeah, true. True. Haven't been allowed in That's the country right. for ten years. No. But you know, this is the only thing we haven't talked about on the on the blueprint, we haven't talked about the post purchase sequence. That's the last yep. thing, and then and then we can we can put it to bed. So the post purchase sequence is obviously you've got the sale, you've got the upsell, done the thank you, and then you go into your post purchase uh, sequences. So that can be things like, you know, an anniversary campaign. says so it's been a year since you bought from us or your birthday or your yeah. child's birthday or any data you have, those kind of things. Or it could be a replenishment email if you're selling uh, vitamins and you know they run out after a certain thing or, you know, teeth whitening thing and you know that people run out of those. Or it can be something that, you know, people who buy this tend to buy this. Or it can be an upgrade offer. You know, you've bought some trousers. Yeah. You bought them a year ago. We're gonna do an upgrade on those trousers. You rather than pay the full price, you're only gonna pay seventy five, you know,
1: seventy five percent of it and you'll get a you're new pair of trousers. About, um life customer value, aren't you? The main channel we use to increase life and customer value is, yeah. is email. And he, and he, and he,
0: Yeah. Getting yeah, that
1: second sale.
0: Have we done, done a podcast a on getting the second gonna, sale? Or is that it, work, we've done a training um, on
1: it. But email email falls into yeah. three very simple camps, doesn't it? Recruitment, retention, reactivation, and we've talked about recruitment and how that works. Yeah. And that's obviously your your welcome series and your, your your basket abandonment and last product viewed, all those kind of things. And um, and then your 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 retention one is all of your 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 you know getting them get them to buy again. And there's there's loads of those examples. Mm. There's lots and lots of little th- little things that you can do to get them to buy again. Obviously,
0: yeah. And then the last thing, the last thing is the lapsed customer emails, like people who've been, they bought something, and then you say they're lapsed. And you know, you, you can look at your stats and you go, oh, if they don't buy again within seven months, we pretty much statistically lost them. And so there we would class them as a lapsed customer, and therefore yeah. we're gonna go and give them that our win back campaigns. To try and get them back into the fold, and that could be again, it could be like another sample for a different product, or it could be your best offer, or it could be something that you know works to bring them back in to the business. Because if they've not become a customer, you you know, it, it's it, you effectively have to look at it as well. How much does it cost me to recruit a customer? Can I recruit? Uh, can I recruit back a lapsed customer for less than that? And you you a lot of the time you can. And then that lapsed customer yeah. goes back into the fold, goes back into the upsell tree, goes back it, into the post-purchase yeah, think, things, and
1: you know, you said something. I don't know whether or not it was on a private conversation you and I were having, but you were talking about how you know to incentivize your existing customers, so you your, re, your retention and reactivation campaigns. You know, if you if you think about it, you're either you're either giving money to Google to recruit new customers or you're giving money to your customers as an incentive to get them to buy again. So if you, if you're not, if you're not, you might as well hmm. use some of the.
0: Well, who, who are you investing in? That's what I say. It's like, are you investing in Google or you're investing in your customers? And if you can invest in your customers, yeah, invest think, in your and
1: customers. There are two, uh, two areas to this because there's, there's obviously there's, there's an incentive for them, like a financial one that, like, Hey, look, we'll give, you know, here's a VIP loyalty scheme. You know exclusive to you now that you're a, now you're a first-time customer mm-hmm. you are now you know we're so proud to have you here you know we love you here's here's a vip you know thing that's that's one way but the other way of investing in your customers is where you do extended warranties and you do you know no couple 60-day returns policies and things like that and what that does again is is that is going to have an effect on your conversion rate and, your, and that, that, that might allow you to recruit more customers for the same marketing budget. So what that's doing, again, is putting the money in your customers' pocket rather than Google's pocket because you're, you're looking at it. So it's, it's a, it's a yeah. really interesting mindset. But as, as I say, yeah. I think yeah. the summary of the e-commerce blueprint is take it with a pinch of salt because i think mark and i have spent our careers trying to educate customers to say there is no magic wand there is so many shiny distractions in e-commerce that you you cannot go off piece too soon and you cannot expect some widget module clever fancy segmentation module
0: You're not going to do it. You're not if you're a startup, but I mean, any, every, everybody on, everybody doing uh, more than five, you know, yeah, even goodness. two million has got all these yeah. things pretty much in place. Pretty much. They've got all, well, you know, It's it, it, so like, if you're going to get to any significant level, you're going to have all these pieces in place. I think what you're saying, Ian, is that don't, you know, what we said before, don't think these are going to fix an inherent yeah. problem in the business. Um, but they—they are—they are things that they. The thing is, they're all there because they make money. They make more money. Mm. That's what they're there well, they're for. Well, they the call, um, You know, you got to be working, amplifying Amplify, the core message. Yeah. 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 So, uh, as I mentioned before, in the show notes, we'll give you a download link to grab a copy of the Commerce Blueprint, so you can see exactly what we're talking about. Uh, you can have a look to see what stage you are. Um, hopefully it will be a idea gener- generator for you to understand where you need to work next. I think it's, it's for me, uh, it, a visual, I'm a very visual person, it's always good to see um, things and how things fit together and um, it's, it's one of our most popular downloads. So grab a copy of it and uh, we'll, see you, um, we'll see you on the next, uh, next session. Thank you,
1: Thank you very much.